and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. What's happening everybody and welcome to this, the latest episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. We are coming to you on this I'd say lovely, but not lovely, in the evening in Glasgow, and we are going to talk about the biggest independent wrestling show that wrestling, I think, has ever seen, I think it's fair to say. So yeah, we are talking about the sensation that is all in. I am your host, Stephen Wilson, who's going to get killed by Kwaku for nearly missing his cue. <laughs> <laughs> and I am joined by a panel who are not Dave, so we're going to have a nice chat about independent wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> First of which is the man described as the better half of the worst brother brother duo we've ever seen. It's Scott McLeod. Yes, that's what I strive to be, the lesser of two evils. <laughs> you do that very successfully, I think it's here to say. Hi, Ross. <laughs> it's not exactly hard. And, we love you, really. And Ross has just turned half. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us, fresh off of a shift about 20 minutes ago, it's the Scottish big dog. No, I'm not going to do cultaholic style again. I'm not Dave. I'm better in every way. But it's Alan McLucas. <laughs> All right, mate, how's it going? I'm fine, how are you? I'm good. Glad to be here. Yes, absolutely. And we have a special guest panellist this week, chosen not for his skill, not for his ability on the radio, but because he's going to All In. He's the only guy we know who's going to All In. <laughs> yes, guest panellist is Grant McRobbie. All right there. How's it going? I'm buzzing. <laughs> There's no hatred here, really. No, it's fair game. Everything's fair game. You can, you can slack whoever you want. You can be nice to whoever you want. Stephen Amell sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good to have you. It's a good thing oh. Sarah's not here. Else. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm putting a wall up, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> yeah, we've got an arrow top. We've got Alan. I wasn't fussed about not having a big chat about a male, so we're all good. Aye, magic. We're all. We're all yes, yeah, so uh, granted, you said this is your first appearance on a podcast. Yep, first time ever. Got a face for radio. <laughs> we, we love our first time ever. Yes, we do. Wacky likes to pop a cherry. <laughs> what the fuck, man? And I'm sitting here on the casting couch for it. <laughs> they took it there. They took it there. See, normally I try not to swear because I don't like to be the person that causes the explicit button, but I had to at that time. <laughs> yes, so... Can I just say, don't say these things because last week I had a tweet saying how big is your package, Quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't say that kind of thing. In case you didn't I'm real- sorry, I was drunk, I was curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in case you didn't realise, uh, we've got an EP, as always, it's Kwaku Aji. What's up, what's up, what's up? Who is here purely for his production not, uh, criteria. Criteria? Production expertise and not his knowledge of all in. I, I'll, I'm saying nothing. <laughs> I'm just only saying what you told me earlier. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we are talking about all in. Uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, then we have an extensive back catalogue bigger than Quacker's cable package. Oh, for goodness <laughs> <laughs> Not the cable package again. <laughs> That's the only cable package mention of the evening. <laughs> if, otherwise, you can go back to the punching jokes. <laughs> so yeah, all our old shows are on iTunes, all good Android podcasting sites, and Spotify. Be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SuperPlexRetweet. If you like what you hear, then go give us a rating. Please give us five stars. If you're watching All In and you know about the Milkser system, seven stars, as always. We're better than Okada and Omega. Maybe. <laughs> 
Uh, if you drink lots and lots of tequila. <laughs> Sorry, drinkaware.co.uk, I have to say that. So, Sorry. yeah, I think it's safe. I think we should start off not by actually going through the car, but let's talk about how the concept of All In came about. And yes, we're going to talk about good old Uncle Dave. Talk oh. about Mr. Dave Meltzer. Now, do we have to? Mr. Party Man himself. <laughs> Party Man with the Ross says be wearing the same t shirt since 1982. <laughs> Mr. Anti WWE. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's his fault that we kind of have all in kind of in the first place because in May 2017 he answered a question from a fan on the Mel- on the Wrestling Observer newsletter when he was asked, could Ring of Honor sell 10,000 tickets to a show? Meltzer's words were, not anytime soon. Mr Cody Rhodes took that as a challenge and that's how we have the the concept of all in. It's kind of grew arms and legs from there. I think it's good to start with Grant in this one. As obviously, he's been that buzzed. He's going... Grant, what do you think All In is going to mean to the independent scene? I think it's going to set the, <coughs> a new precedent for everyone, give people a bigger taste of things. There's stars in the card which even I hadn't heard of until they announced it, and I've started rummaging through countless new promotions. Mm-hmm. So Everyone knows things like Progress Map, I've started CMLL, AAA, even just going into sort of their weird Japanese ones like DDT. Mm-hmm. They've built and they've made it like a WrestleMania weekend. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah, I think the, the good part of that as well is it's kind of co- collaborated with uh, Connor Thompson's Starcades as well. It's going to be the, the day before, is it what I'm saying? It's on the whole weekend because I've got my ticket for Starcast as well with that, so it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 it's that line-up for that as well. A lot of them might not be on it. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's going to be there. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? Because, you know, he wrestles now. <laughs> We might, see David Ar- we might see David Arquette. Does he actually? He, he, he's been videoed wrestling recently, I think. The Hornswoggle is like a Home Alone style match, what with a paint can. You know, well, <laughs> if, if Dave Benson Phillips and Izzy can get in the ring, it turns out anybody can, apparently. <laughs> You know something? I was actually at a live event yesterday, uh, One Fault Sessions. I can't say specifically what was being said because of the circle of trust and everything. Yes, quiet. Keep it quiet. Yes. But there was a lot of things talked about. To be honest with you, if we had a home alone, like a good housekeeper match, I mean, who doesn't love a good housekeeper match? If we could have a home alone match. It's a guilty pleasure. It is. It is a guilty I will tweet the relevant person this information. Yeah, I mean, we should, we should have things like that. I mean, you should not like a good housekeeper match, but come on, it is fun. Well, there are a handful of cities you think of in terms of great wrestling crowds, and Chicago is definitely one of them, so it's def- definitely the right choice. Mm-hmm. But to go back to that tweet for a second, I look, if you see the actual tweet, it said, like, fan using thousands picks, apparently. Yeah, that, that, that's something you would never thought you'd have seen 10 years ago that somebody other than WWE was going to go to Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's been, that was WWE's turf mm-hmm. in, back in the 80s when it was territorially based. You know, mm-hmm. that was the. Bruno San Martino used Didn't to be on they have like a block on it for a while? They kind of vetoed uh, yeah, oh, Vince, Vince is a raging that it's happening. Yeah. He is absolutely furious. Yeah, apparently, but apparently there's no real legal precedent for them to stop them doing that, so that's why they're doing it. Yes. Because they don't own the building, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. but the, I think the angle they were kind of coming at was like, we may go somewhere else for doing shows and stuff like that. I think I was trying to apply that kind of yeah. pressure on MSG, even though they wouldn't do it because MSG is... It's like an iconic yeah. thing, but they would never, they would never get back in. If they did that, MSG would blacklist them. That'd be the end of it. Yeah. And WWE would suffer for it. Mm. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to make an enemy a broadcast and it owns Ring of Honor. They're going to control about seventy-two percent of the networks in, in America soon. You annoy them, you're cutting yourself off. Uh, absolutely, because you, you, you think about it, obviously if they, if they did blacklist themselves from MSG, you got all the great events that have happened there. I mean, I remember the Royal Rumble two thousand. Oh. oh. 
the fact is the tiniest entrance where you've ever seen, but yeah, it's so amazing. It's so good. But yeah, back to obviously Chicago. I mean, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's been known as a big wrestling city. I think to a lot to guys like Dave Hawkins. Let's go back to Dave Hawkins. Uh, to guys like him, he'll remember it for the CM Punk match with John Cena. But to a lot of people, it's synonymous with a lot of things. You get the likes of Colt Cabana and that there as well. So I think it is a logical choice if they're gonna go for that type of fan base who are into these type of things. The type of ones you might see, they might cheer the heels, boo the faces, mm-hmm. that type of thing, obviously. Um, Riot when Cena wins, all the <laughs> possible examples. But the best thing I found about this was, the, oh, I'll go with the big dog in this one, Alan. Tickets for this went on sale on May the 13th. They sold out in less than half an hour. We had one match announced on May the 13th. Could you have imagined that 10 years ago? Absolutely not. Not a chance. WWE are blowing their talent right now and they've been really stale with the storylines with the independent scene as well as we were quacking I would kind of mention a bit more fun they're giving the guys more script to go and do what they want to do I mean you look at the Styles Nakamura um, feud wasn't great in WWE in Japan it was absolutely out of this world so yeah I can see why it's happening now and I'm really happy for them no wonder Vince is absolutely furious because I can see this continue now I can see this being a Wrestlemania thing now and challenging Wrestlemania and I wouldn't be surprised in 10-15 years time this is still going and it's taking stadiums mm. yeah you kind of think obviously the example as well Wrestle Kingdom starting to get a lot of popularity out with the out with Japan it was always a big thing in Japan but now you've got all the American audience are drawn in on it I think this year's one when Jericho was there yeah. drew one of the bigger audiences in the in the US and abroad so it does show the immense men, the popularity to it but what? I don't think WrestleMania even sells out in half an hour. No, 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 no. I think it's still. I mean, it sells out in a day, but I don't think it sells out. You know, even, even st- no, even still, you can still regularly get tickets like go for nosebleeds. I mean, yeah, they I are, up in the very bad. Yeah, there are nosebleeds, but yeah. Um, yeah, you are talking like forty thousand plus stadiums and but, stuff like that. But one of the things where you talk about the fun factor of the they've had the being elite series has kinda of helped with us I think as well. Uh, we're, we're all fans of being the elite. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but, uh, we've got our own version with the filth life kinda of in Scotland currently <laughs> going at the moment. <laughs> Poor Kieran Kelly. It's kinda following what Alan said about how in the Paramount has more freedom for Dave Meltz which really say not any time so I kinda of look at it as if say if not now then when because Cody Rhodes argued in an interview, and I can agree on that independent wrestling and wrestling in general has not been as popular as it is now in a long time. It's, like, it's, it's skyrocketed anywhere in, the, uh, in England, Scotland. Even oh. Impact's becoming a viable alternative again. Impact has mm-hmm. been, recent months, I think Impact have kind of played to their strengths and it's working well. I believe it was Austin Aries that recently said that they kind of started targeting the more adult audience mm-hmm. and it's kind of worked that way. Um, so, Grant, you obviously got your ticket within half an hour. Aye. What, what was it that kind of sold you to go for it? It was, the, whole, it was the buzz of it being a potentially one-off. This could be either a make-or-break situation. It's three guys self-financing it. This mm. isn't a big company. Yeah, they've got favours from other promotions lending them talent, but they're still the ones putting the money down in the, in the start of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been primarily self-funded, I think, most of it. I think Cody's said recently how he's kind of been funding certain things to it, you know. It's amazing that it's kind of just a, a band of people. I mean, you talk one of the biggest names in wrestling, obviously the Rhodes family and Cody and obviously the Young Bucks. Uh, but you've had big names involved in that in the, from the early stages as well. As we talked about in the intro, Stephen Amell has been involved from the off. 
Uh, but the good thing I think that a lot of other people is it's fine, is they're actually going to stream it live. Now, some of us have to go to somebody's birthday party on the day of this. What a horrid person. I know. Who terrible. Who thought of that idea of putting their birthday on some bloody could be the funeral as well. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no, she doesn't listen. But it's a good thing, Alan, that it's going to be on the Fight TV as well. Yeah. Granted, it's not cheap on Fight TV, but it's good that they're going to have that sort of broadcast. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. We'll have a whip round. <laughs> well, I don't need a whip round. He's coming about 40 quid. Go up to people at the party who don't even watch, watch wrestling say, Mo and Chip and do your part. It's my birthday present. I want it. Give me it. <laughs> I thought you also have your council broadband, so come on, everyone off the Wi Fi. I thought your birthday present was getting Dave to a I have many birthday presents, mate. <laughs> <laughs> on the note of that, I, I've kind of had a semi rant in my head on David Hockney that uh, I would like that in the next year or so that we that, that man goes to a non ICW independent show. I think that'd be something that'd be good. Uh, something that, so, anybody who's listening to it, if you're a wrestling promoter, if you're just a wrestler, if you're involved in a company forever, or anyway, we want to get this man to an independent show in Scotland and we want to record every single reaction that man does during the show. <laughs> if you can help us facilitate this, please. please Put him in a seat, front row help. centre, and just give him the time of his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag get Dave all in. <laughs> <laughs> the campaign starts here. That is the campaign. If we can get Dave to it, be it Source, be it some mad defiant show in England, we don't care. Just we to let your promoters know, this is a guy who bought a flat to avoid an independent <laughs> show. That's the level. Literally. That's the level. I'm not even lying here. That's the level we're talking about. To put it into more context, he, the garage is ICW's home, really. Uh-huh. He lives like half a mile from the garage. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a five minute walk. Mm-hmm. So, David, if, you've been li- if you're listening, which I know you which will be, uh, maybe. You'll be fuming right here. The challenge is out <laughs> to you. There we go. I've said my, my piece. Let's go on to the cards. And I think. A good place to start talking about the card is let's start with probably the hottest wrestler on the planet in terms of his ability. I'm not just talking about his looks, he's a very good looking man. <laughs> yes, actually. He was today voted number one wrestler of the year by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I can't remember a time that a New Japan wrestler has ever been number one of that ranking. Okada last year. Was he? <laughs> Oh, well, oh, you've done a Dave. Me, oh, oh. Damn me I'm fin- I think I'm thinking of the other one, the other rank in the top 500. Maybe I don't know. It's all, but Kenny Omega, arguably the greatest wrestler <laughs> in the world against the Mexican sensation Pentagon Junior. Before we start, are we all familiar with Pentagon's work? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Everybody going to Scott. I'll start with you in this one. What can we expect from Kenny Omega versus Pentagon? Uh, it, it just sounds like the most indie match you could put together because. Kenny was in it with one of the first announcements, obviously, because of his association with <coughs> Buck and Cody. And they thought we need somebody to put him with. And I was actually surprised. I thought he and Okada would have fought again in Okada's rematch. They can't have them fight again for a I know, but, I mean, anytime soon. Well, yeah. It will come again, but I can't see it being anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, I've become a huge fan of Pentagon in the last year or so. I've been watching more on Impact, where he recently had a Mexican death match with Sammy Callahan. They had piñatas with weapons in them. <laughs> <laughs> and then also on his work on Lucha Underground, so... Uh, also, yeah, you don't need to be told... You don't need to talk about how good Kenny Omega is, but... Pentagon is just... This is just, this is one of the many matches in this car that could steal the show, because all of them have the potential to be show stealers. 
Is this a non-title match? Can somebody clarify this? It's a non-title match as far as I'm aware. Yeah, as far as I was aware, yeah. They would have said always because they've already got the NWA and Ring of Honor titles defended, so I don't think they'd want another one. Yeah, true about that one. But obviously, Grant, Kenny Omega, he's been on a tear in the last three years or so. Is this man capable of having a bad match? I can't think of seeing a single bad Kenny Omega match, even when I've seen him wrestle like a small child. <laughs> Which he did do he did do several years ago. Really? And it's in a moment where we've had controversy of a child being choke slammed in the last week. <coughs> it's one of the reasons Jim Cornette doesn't like him is because of that match. Really? Uh-huh. Jim Cornette does not like someone. I know. Freaking news on this show. <laughs> Shocker, eh? <laughs> Amazing, but no, we're talking about guys who could obviously who could wrestle a broom and have a good match. And I think Kenny Omega falls into that bracket with the likes of AJ Styles, you know. First night of the G1, does a five-star match with, with Naito, goes the rest of the G1 with a fractured heel. Still pulls off top matches. Yeah, it's unreal. You can understand why he's the hottest commodity in wrestling today. You sometimes think, Vince, Vince must watch him and just think, I'll let that boy go. I may never get him back. <laughs> what he'll be in the line going, he's no John Cena. He's no John Cena. No Roman Reigns. <laughs> he's not a big body guy. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, have you seen, uh, like Scott, have you seen much of uh, the Pent- Pentagon's work in the last 12 months or so? Yeah, it'd be the impact stuff I've seen. Um, really impressed with him. Very, very quick, talented, uh, very technical. Mm-hmm. No, and there's not many more guys you could probably name to fight Omega for that type of thing. You know, it's they're very similar in their wake up. I think it's a, it's a dream match. It really is. Yeah, the word dream match is something that's obviously thrown out in wrestling very often recently. Yeah, but this actually stands up to that statement. Mm-hmm. It, it could fall into that type of one. We might not see it for a while again because there is big rumours that Pentagon is heavily linked with WWE along with his brother, who we will talk about a bit later on. Is his brother Hexagon? So. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, sorry. Hang your head in shame. Sorry. I like that one. Actually. We David Talking is not on the show this evening. We I I need to stop talking about David Talking, but just that is fit perfectly. That's a bad. That's a bad joke. But no, no, Stacey is not on the show tonight. She would have been ashamed of you. Uh, sorry. I, 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 I sincerely apologise. I do agree, like, because they both in like Kenny is almost like an exclusive New Japan wrestler, whereas Pentagon has been wrestling all over the world, so it's very rare that they do come into contact with each other, and also. Like with Pentagon going to do, I think that depends on his Lucha Underground <coughs> situation because when, once you sign with Lucha Underground, they kind of own you for a good long period of time. Yeah. Ricochet is the best example for that. Ricochet mm-hmm. was tied at his Lucha Underground contract for a good year before he eventually got yeah. out of it and got to go to WWE because it was heavily linked. You talk about all Alan talking about Stout. Is there any other guys we could have seen potentially like Omega Face here, or is Pentagon the perfect choice? I'll open it up. Such I would like to see like likes of Austin Aries. I like him. He's kind of similar, a bit. Maybe not as technical. Be a bit more of a powerhouse, but I think Austin Aries would be a good match with him. I uh, I would like like to have seen like maybe a champion v champion match with Jay Lethal because he was also like Kenny was one of the last people to, to like have their match their status confirmed because he's technically still does have an opponent that's still to be decided depending on the battle royal which we'll come to. Mm-hmm. So I would have liked to see them there too. I don't. That's another one I don't know. To my knowledge, if they've ever actually interacted, no. I can't really think of it because, as as we said, Omega's a predominantly huge Japan. It doesn't appear as much on Ring of Honor. 
unlike most of the other American guys, which is quite surprising. I mean, most of the American Bullet Club guys are regulars of Ring of Honor, Hangman Page, Skrull, Young Bucks, but he very rarely goes there. Skrull's American? American. Oh, no, non Japanese. <laughs> oh, man, that's a botch. <laughs> Number two! <laughs> you talk about Dave so much, it's got in your head. <laughs> I know. He's turning into Dave. What's the phrase they go, be the ball, be the Dave? <laughs> The simple comment will be Dave. Hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> I studied for two months straight to do this show. <laughs> if I could pull Stephen out of the botch hole that he's in, um, <laughs> I, I would have liked to have seen. I don't know why, but I know it's been done. But I would have liked to have seen them fight Naito because I do like Naito a lot. I'm a big fan of Naito. Uh, another person potentially, Tanahashi. Well, we're gonna we're gonna see that. Oh, we're gonna already. get that. We're gonna get that probably at Wrestle Kingdom. If true, if Omega still has the belt at that point in time, so it's it's an interesting. Point. It's one we should we would look forward to. There's not many. I don't think there's many new new Japan Japanese wrestlers booked for the cards. So it'd be interesting. We may see a lot of them in the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. We never really know. There's poten- lots of potential in that one, but I think it's safe to say this is a con- a good contender for match of the night very early on. We could be talking about that with the whole card, mm-hmm. but I think this could be an absolute cracker. I'm going to push on some predictions very early on and who's going to be winning this potential dream match between Kenny Omega and Pentagon. Scott, I'll start with you. Uh, Kenny Omega. Any particular reason? Well, I think because he's the IWGP champion, I non-title <laughs> match or not, uh, he's unlikely going to just lose even in the though this is kind of a random show, it's not really a, technically associated with Ring of Honor or New Japan because they have, even though they have their stars on it, mm-hmm. so I think the fact that he has the belt, well, means he might be winning. He did lose a couple of times in the G1 series, though, so he's not immune to taking up a few losses, even though some of them were thanks to the, the firing squads in Tamatonga and Bad Luck, Bad Luck Valley and the former Camacho, <laughs> <laughs> for all you WWE fans out there. Uh, Alan? Omega. You gotta go Omega. Similar reasons to Scott. Or I think he's one of the faces of this this whole event, mm. and I just can't see him dropping it because he is one of the guys for it. That's purely it. I think because he's one of the faces, they're going to give it to him. And with the aim of probably assuming most people don't know Pentagon mm. to build him up. Yeah. Interesting, correct? Omega, without a doubt, the seven star, insane god of wrestling. Mm. Plus, when it comes down to it. I'm not entirely sure what Pentagon would normally build as if he would be a junior heavyweight, but quite often that New Japan style, you're not going to get those two going against each other, and usually the heavyweights get the benefit, as Marty Skrull hates. Well, very traditional, Japan and how they go about things, and I think that's a, a just decent point there. Uh, Kwaku? Yeah. Uh, Pentagon. Ooh, we're going inside the box? Yeah. Uh, no reason just to disagree with everyone else. <laughs> Yeah, this it's, is, this it's a boring it, show if everyone agrees, isn't it? This is a man who, in our recent Shugs Who's Party sweepstake, <laughs> disagreed with every <laughs> prediction that Nathan did, just for the sake of it. <laughs> How did that work, Baku? Uh, I got the... Uh, of course I got the exact same points as Nathan, because it just can't. <laughs> but I warn you all, see, for the next sweepstake, I have got a foolproof plan. I mean, the last sweepstake... I went with uh, predictions that Grant uh, put a bet on, and I ended up winning the Nathan Fisher Award out of it. So I've got a new foolproof system because William Hill, Nathan Fisher, and Grant McRobbie didn't quite cut it. My new system is as to get me that championship you watch. We'll find out if that is successful. The next sweepstake, and on the note, Pendagon, as Scott said, if you're going to watch one 
TNA slash Impact Wrestling match this year. Sammy Callahan, Pentagon, Slammiversary. Oh. Unreal. Insane. Absolutely. And then that, I think the Mexican one was the follow-up. Yeah, the, the, the one that Slammiversary was the mask versus hair match. Which was unreal. That is actually a very good example of a fantastic pay-per-view. Yes, TNA are producing fantastic pay-per-views in 2018. Who the fuck? The Don Callis era. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what guy? Uh, let's move on then to our next match, and it's USA's own, apparently. <laughs> uh, the villain, Marty Scurll, of <coughs> who is actually English, of course, uh, taking on Kez- I can never pronounce Kazuchika. 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 Okada, the former and longest, one of the longest reigning IWGP World Heavyweight Champions of all time. Now, this is a match that wasn't originally on our script, but we decided to put it in because Sarah's not here. <laughs> Yay! That way again. No, no, this is a fine, This is a great match. And something has came about, kind of what Grant alluded to about Marty Scurll, is because he's not really classed as a heavyweight. He's classed as a junior, like a junior heavyweight, and nobody thinks he can be. He's able to beat a heavyweight. And that's been the premise of this feud. I think it's fair to say, Grant. Then. The scenes and being elite with it are hilarious. <laughs> Okada just being cold blooded, just signing the two o five to. <laughs> <laughs> just made it so brutal, so funny. <laughs> but it is an in- it's an interesting clash of styles because, obviously, as Brits ourselves, we're very fond of how our Brits are doing abroad. And Marty Scurll is one who is what came on leaps and bounds in the last two years. I highlighted on our Best of 2017 show how one of my favourite moments was him joining the Bullet Club, and a fantastic moment where. Uh, pretty much kicked Adam Cole, baby, <laughs> out of the Bullet Club, but, no, it is interesting, I mean, Scott... Can't I just say you don't baby your own baby? You I know, else I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. That's, that's like having your own party and inviting only yourself. I have that, I have that regularly. <laughs> There's always a party in the Wilson household. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Scott, what's your thoughts on Marty's girl? Is that? Uh, I like, like Marty Scurll. I remember seeing him actually at a TNA house show back in 2013. Is that what he was partly, Marty? Yeah, this is just after uh, British Boot Camp, where he beat the winner of British Boot Camp, Rockstar Spud, now Drake Maverick. Mm-hmm. And it's just weird seeing the transformation from then to now, because for a while I didn't even realise it was the same person. It, it is completely different. He's got the beard, the hair's growing now. Mm-hmm. He's the gimmick is much better now as well. The party Marty one kinda didn't work, but it's when he started doing that villain thing, it just people started catching on. Yeah, it really blew up and like you said, like this is another potential genius because in New Japan the juniors and the heavyweights don't usually clash like the only other time Okada's really faced a junior in the last while was back at the anniversary show in March where he handpicked uh, Will Osprey to be his opponent. It was a non title match but it was still I've heard not about good things about it, I haven't got around to watching it yet because there's just too much wrestling in the world. <laughs> well, well, Osprey is. He's another one that finds it hard to have a bad match. He's not booked on this, interesting. Yeah. That could be yeah. something as well. Uh, we talk about that whole saying that Skrull won't be able to beat the, big, the heavyweight. Some of the names who have obviously have said that he can't do it. It's an interesting list. Uh, we've got obviously Okada's one of them. The Young Bucks, another Brit, Zack Sabre Jr., Rey Mysterio, and Jack Swagger. <laughs> Alan, how much of a kick in the teeth is it to Martin to be told by Jack Swagger he's not good enough? <laughs> yeah, that's bad. I mean, uh, that list was quite impressive until you mentioned that and it lost all credibility. Um, yeah, because he is what, the worst wrestler I've ever seen in my life. And I know he's a junior champion and that, but he was just boring. Um, yeah, so it's, it's quite bad to get slagged off like that. Which, but give Marty Scurll credit because when I first seen him at TNA I thought this guy's a botch he's not going anywhere 
And by God, did he prove me wrong? He started, really did. I started seeing his charisma more when he was a host of WrestleTalk TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he got a bit of license to kind of talk about some stuff. Uh, he was on the. He was part of the David Boy Smith Memorial Cup. He got knocked out pretty early in that, actually, which was quite surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has obviously gone on leaps and bounds. Uh, I don't. I'll just a quick opinion across the panel. Skrull, Osprey, Kushida, and Takahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. I thought it was the best in the card. Does anybody think? Did we disagree on that? Yeah, the fail for me. Yeah. Oh yes. I still find it hard to choose my favorite match. It's tied between that and Alpha Omega. <coughs> I can't choose between the two, even though they're so different. They're great for different reasons. I've not yeah. seen it, but I've heard really good things about it. Mm. I'd say probably the junior heavyweights really stole the show that night, and even uh, Jericho and Omega talked about it in the podcast. And they were like, they took all our spots. <laughs> we had to keep changing it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, what was it? Osprey off the scaffold, I think. Aye, yeah, yeah. Well. They, had a, they had a spot like that planned, but they couldn't. Which is pretty good. On Osprey, how good is it we're seeing him on terrestrial TV? Oh, <laughs> my missus actually said, he's not that good, and I was like, get out of the house. <laughs> Leave. She's like, what do you mean? I went, look with the guy just, just did a flat from the ring to the ground with no assistance. How is that a bad wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> it's just flippy shit. <laughs> that, are you there? That's exactly what she said. And I'm like, she's like, whoa, Shush. <laughs> people that say that are the people that can't do it. <laughs> so they're just like, I'm sitting my, my jaw's hitting t- off my knee because right. I'm sitting going, oh my god, how is he doing it to define physics? Moving quickly away from Skrull, let's talk about Cad on this one now. He's obviously off the back of that monumental run to the championship. Uh, he's recently split up from Gedo, his manager. This, is this the start kind of a you, Okada? Yeah, he's definitely. It's, it's, it started the G1. It was kind of like he went off the rails and he was he started coming out with the balloons and stuff like that, hitting Rocky Romero, breaking his phone, attacking him with balloons and just going absolutely mental. Mm-hmm. While Jay White was trying to sandwich himself in as if to go, chaos is mine now. Mm-hmm. So Okada's, I think, finding a new character through this, and that's where I think Skrull could possibly use that against him because Skrull knows who he is. <coughs> yeah, because it's, it's when you have a reign such as that, Scott, mm-hmm. it's very hard when the defeat comes to bounce back quickly. We've kind of yeah. seen it, and it's, it's a common thing in wrestling. When you get a long reign, it's hard to come back. I mean, yeah. It's, but it's a perfect chance for Okada to show something different than what he can do. Yeah, like... What you said when you come along, it's kind of like when you go undefeated for a long time, it's really hard to capture the same appeal when you, once you've been beaten. But I think it's probably the best thing for Okada that he is trying to change up a bit because uh, even now, I think I was getting slightly bored of the Remaker character by the end of the game because it had gone on for so long. I kind of thought, I thought he should have dropped the bell at Wrestle King. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of built Naito, as they said, he'd come so he'd come close before. This is kind of his redemption, and then he lost. I mean, we saw a, a similar type of redemption <laughs> angle recently at, at SummerSlam. I'm not going to mention the name, <laughs> but we all know who I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, is it. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> Just say it, Stephen. You know you want to say it. Oh, she's killing that. I don't really care what she's doing. She's the best thing on SmackDown Live, right? <laughs> About 100%. Or better than King Booker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell, King Booker. That was absolutely funny. I've not seen Raw or SmackDown yet. And I'm annoyed I even seen no, that. No, it it's, it's worth it just for that. Fun. Oh, it's I funny. I haven't seen it, but I woke up to the notification of King, the fact that King Booker had a thing with the nudity. I'm like, 
Sorry, what year is this? <laughs> there's, a, there's a great tweet I got about going with this. It's like the Raw production team's going, we're going to start with, we're going to start with Roman, Drew, Dolph, Braun on the ring. It's going to be great. The SmackDown team's going to be like, how are we going to beat it? Bring Cook King Booker and night the U day and do a spinnery. <laughs> What's not to love? <laughs> See, bringing the fun back into it. Wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely, but... Uh, Alan, what do you think about Okada? Do you think this is a good chance for him to do something different? Because obviously, Scott talked about how undefeated runs, we see how badly it affects yeah. him, but the best example probably Asuka, who's went from being unbeatable to absolutely nothing yeah. in the space of six months. No offence to she's brilliant, but they yeah. mucked it up. Does Okada need something like this? Does he need to win to reinvent himself? No. I think... I'm, I'm going... Before you even ask the prediction, I'm going for Scarrow on this, because mm. I think he... This loss could be the storyline to him totally rebuilding himself, going away. Sort of like the Sting idea. Disappears, comes back totally different, totally edgy. Exactly. And I think this is the chance Okada's got to make himself the man mm-hmm. to take Omega on and be the guy. And that's why I think he's going to lose. I think this is the best chance for him to lose in the best story. Because you said it already, mm-hmm. he's openly said Skrull can't hang with heavyweights. Well, regarded one of the best heavyweights in the world, let him go down to it and then change his whole ethos and the whole way he works and things. Yeah, absolutely. Quacko, uh, you're a big Matty Skill fan, as we all know. Playing, uh-huh. his, playing his tune in Glasgow Central piano. Uh, anything you quickly want to add on this? Yeah, yes. I mean, I was uh, on a United in Edinburgh mm-hmm. and there was quite a big thing about he kept off like his muscles saying heavyweights <laughs> and then immediately proceeded to sing it on the karaoke hit me baby one more time so it all worked out well uh, but yeah um, it's quite interesting because obviously um, I, I've taken it back about when they had the Super Juniors uh, tournament mm-hmm. and he cut that <laughs> A hilarious press conference where he basically <laughs> berated Ospreys <laughs> and then he went thank you <laughs> so it's, it's quite interesting to like he's in some regards holding the junior heavyweights to a big standard as it should be and not pigeonholing it as like this 205 or whatever malarkey it is good that he is challenging o- o- um, Okada who is let's be honest one of the best heavyweights out there in the world let's be honest so no rooting for the kid Rooting for the kid. Rooting for the guy. Mario, I love you. Go oh. to it. Okay, so quick prediction round the panel. Alan, you're going for Skirrell? Yep. Scott? I'm going for Marty Skirrell. Hmm? Okada. Okada, interesting. Thank you, you said Okada. I'm going to say Skirrell because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to say that. They disagree with all of you. <laughs> There's always that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that's been the, the opinions on those two matches. We're going to take a short break now. Now, coming up in the second half, we're going to be talking about the fatal four-way match between the women on the card, the six-man tag team match with some big names on it and our main event. Plus, we're going to talk about some of the potential surprises we might see at All In. But before that, we're going to go back to the recent Being the Elite episode, which had Cody Rhodes, or Cody, whatever he's called, addressing the crowd at the, a recent Ring of Honor show about All In. So this is that promo. We'll see you in a bit. Hey, this is professional wrestler Cole Cabana, and I'm only assuming that you have just finished listening to my podcast, The Art of Wrestling, and now you've made the decision to listen to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets, which is a mouthful to say, but not only have I said it, you've said it, you've suplexed, you've ate, you've slept, and now you've retweeted. Enjoy the show. This is what 
your life, you honking bag of d tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f*** you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome back to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson. I'm joined by Scott, Alan Grant and Kwaku. And we're talking about All In. First of all, thanks to Cole Cabana for providing the soundbite to that break there. It was Cody 
at the recent Being Elite show, talking about All In at Ring of Honor. So yeah, we have been talking about All In. If you've enjoyed what you've been hearing, please subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, all good Android podcasting sites, and Spotify. Plus, we're on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. <coughs> right, let's get back into the chat. Let's talk about some rumoured appearances at All In. I'm going to start with, I'm going to talk about the, mainly the one, because we're only talking about this for a brief segment, that's had all the buzz in the past week. Neville, or or as he's known in the independent scene, Pack. <laughs> Who's, who thinks he's going to be there? He could be there if he wanted to, because apparently there's, he can, he's at his feet at the moment to go wherever yeah. he wants it right now. There's two. There's, there's the rumour, obviously, he's been released from his contract. The other rumour that was going about recently is he was spotted at a WWE tra- training centre, yeah. a medical facility, with the rumour that he's going to get a big push, mm-hmm. either on Raw or on, or on 205 Live. No. Yeah. Which is fruit up. How good would it be though if he did show up though? Oh, it'd be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Epic. It'd be different. Because he is, on his day, he's absolutely brilliant. And I think you put him in somewhere in a ring with a guy like Osprey, for example. I was thinking, like you were talking earlier, Omega. Can you imagine Omega oh. versus Neville? There's, there's so many potential things you can throw up mm-hmm. This is absolutely amazing. He can, adjust, he can go with the big boys as well as the wee ones. Mm-hmm. He's, he's something yeah. different, he's a specimen. It's just been a shame that he's kind of been wasted the last year. He hasn't been able to go anywhere. The whole contract situation. I know it's, it's bad that his final memory with WWE is going to be Enzo Amore. I mean, you took it, some of the matches he had. His NXT run was phenomenal. Yeah. I remember the match he had with Seth Rollins on Raw, where Seth Rollins threw an open challenge to somebody under a certain height, and Neville nearly beat him. Yeah. It was yeah. amazing. Uh, but yeah, he's he's, a, he's one that's got a lot of people excited. I seen one the other day, which I kind of thought, come <coughs> on, guys. Somebody was like, Kevin Owens is going to be at all in. He's quit raw. <laughs> it's another shoot. It's like it's a storyline. You've been fired how many times already? <coughs> oh god. No. Yeah, you got fired after WrestleMania, technically. Yeah. So and they got mm. I think that's one that's gonna get thrown out. Another interesting one that's been going about since all in was announced in Chicago is the subject of next week's show here, CM Punk. No. Uh, absolutely no chance. No. They do they don't need him. It's more chance of the four horsemen tone than the rest of them. Is it Starcast that Punk's going to be at, or is it some comic? It's pro no. wrestling tease, um, because literally during the break there I got told that he's doing walk-ins even after the pre-boot stuff, so I might chance my luck with that. Because mm. <laughs> right, the tickets for his meet and greet sold out in like five minutes. Yeah, because he is still, he's a big name in wrestling, mm-hmm. controversial big name, but yep. yeah, it's... He is it's, not a good brother. He is not a good brother, is what we've heard recently. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so that's, there's a thing that the Chicago crowds have turned on him, which is mm-hmm. kind of good. For anybody who's a fan of WWE in Chicago, we won't get any more CM Punk chants. They may yeah. just replace it with Cabana. <laughs> <laughs> it's yourself. <laughs> but uh, sorry, it's yourself. <laughs> Not just comment quickly on his joke, but ah, yeah, yeah, they don't. They've been talking. I mean, they were talking about because Brian's contract was going, coming up on the same day as this. They were talking about, oh, they could. There was a lot of people who said that they couldn't sell it out without a Brian or a Punk, and. They sold it out in 30 minutes without Punk. Punk does not need to be at the show, and I wouldn't be annoyed if he wasn't there, to be they, honest. They did make the offer to him, I think it's fair to say, and yeah. kind of turned it down, which is interesting. I think he's, he's focusing on that super successful MMA career he's been doing. His arrogance has just destroyed his mm-hmm. wrestling credibility now, for me. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting that kind of at this kind of time as well, the big rumours flying about WWE that AJ Lee has been approached for Evolution. And apparently she's considering it, mm-hmm. which would be interesting if she went if she went back. I kind of feel for. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of her when she was in WWE. I'll be honest, 
but I feel that this, her reputation has been totally tarnished because of him, mm-hmm. and it's not fair. And I hope she's not in a position to feel like she can't go back to do it mm-hmm. because he's still got a half with WWE. Mm-hmm. If she if she goes if she goes back, you got to think like how's he going to take that divorce? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, I think, I'd much rather see Neville there than Punk, and if, mm-hmm. if I'd be allowed to do some fantasy booking here, my perfect scenario for Neville to be there is would be for him to win the Battle Royal and then challenge Jay Lee still could if he if he comes out as a surprise and is in the Battle Royal then it ha- then he technically has to win it and they haven't announced all the participants yet which I think yes. they should leave a couple for that surprise pop of oh I didn't know he was going to be here well Courtney, uh, but I don't think he'll win well sorry according to Wikipedia 20 to 8, 29 this morning there was only 11 people met in yeah, the Battle Royal and it's a 15-man Battle Royal so there's at least well if I was to see him in anything, it'd be interfering in the Cody Aldous match and setting up a feud with Cody. Oh. See, there's a ton of potential. We'll come to that match and the Battle Royal a bit later on and we'll kind of do a wee bit of fancy book. Battle Royal's always good for fancy booking. Mm-hmm. But let's move on into our next match. It is any listeners of Suplex Retweet know we're all about quality here. We don't just talk about the men's match, we talk about the women's match. I know we have an all men's panel, but. <laughs> It's historic. Well, it's not historic. Who better to talk about women's wrestling than a group of men? <laughs> so yes, we're going to talk about the one women's match that's booked on the card. Not just because it's the women's match. It is a quite a stellar Fatal 4-Way women's match. We have got Madison Rain taking on Britt Baker, taking on Chelsea Green, taking on Tessa Blanchard. Four of the biggest names in female wrestling independently in the US. Now, it's kind of interesting because, um, Alan, I'll start with you in this one because I could... A few weeks ago, before the pod, they were down on there, but we were kind of talking about it. this. Most of these wo- these women in this match, are, are maybe Madison and Rain aside, are synonymous with the people they're in relationships with. Mm-hmm. You look at Britt Baker and Adam Cole. You've got Chelsea Green and Zack Ryder. Tessa Blanchard was with Ricochet. Mm-hmm. You can talk about Madison Rain being with Josh Matthews, but we can't put Josh Matthews on that peg with those guys. <laughs> no. Josh she's, she's carrying him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's a good that now these they've all got a chance at this big event to shine and show that they can they're not just living in the shadow of their boyfriends? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, considering some of them are going out with, they're far superior wrestlers to their partners. So to sh- a lot of people already know know that, but to showcase it at event last year, absolutely, mm-hmm. definitely get them out the shadow. And I've not said anything yet, but I think this could be the match that steals the show. It's mm. an interesting thought. I mean, Scott, you brought up the interesting fact as well before the show that uh, one of these four ladies, Madison Rain, yeah. is actively involved in WWE via the May Young Classic, but yeah. she's not signed. This could be her last appearance yeah. on the Independence Circuit. This is a great chance to, sh- to shine. Yeah, my theory was because Diana Perazzo famously was meant to be a parallel one but pulled out to be a part. So my, th- my theory was maybe Rain is one of those ones who appears in one of these tournaments but doesn't sign. Or maybe Perazzo just didn't feel like she could, like, maybe Marjorie felt more comfortable saying, I want to do this show and me on Classic, and Perazzo maybe felt she wasn't in that position because Perazzo has started appearing on NXT and she was on, she's been on live events with them, so she's definitely, definitely a very, definitely wanting to sign her. I'd probably say to a, a wider wrestling audience, she is the most well known of the four from a wrestling standpoint. Based on her time in TNA, she's obviously a multiple time TNA women's champion. She's, she's, brilliant brilliant champion. Yeah, she's part of the beautiful people, she's one of the pounding cornerstones of that company. But one other woman in this match who 
had a good run in TNA. It's got to be Chelsea Green. Yeah. Uh, Grant, how familiar were you with her work? I wasn't too familiar with, with uh, Chelsea Green. She was one that I don't like. First time I'll be honest, I probably heard of her was when I heard she was going to Zack Ryder. I didn't really watch a lot of TNA back in the day. I tried it and just thought it was the most awful product on the planet. Because mm-hmm. she was Laurel Van Der Van, Van, Ness. Van Ness, and she had that. She was meant to be getting married to. Grado. So no, it was Braxton. She got married to. She meant to be married to get married to Braxton Sutter. <laughs> And then he, head, no. and then he dumped her at the altar to go with Ali, and Aye. then she became the psycho bride. Yeah, and that's when she went to Greedo. Yeah, sorry, then. <laughs> sorry about that, but yeah, I was talking about because Greedo. There's a storyline where Greedo couldn't stay in the US, so he tried to get married. And then when he finally gets engaged to Laurel, he finds out she's from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great segment. <laughs> but her run is that kind of crazy. Bride's been ditched. Went, went in a storm. She won the Knockouts Championship at one point and then left. And she's one that's been linked with WWE as well. But when you talk about TNA as well, uh, I'll go back to you on this one. We've got Tessa Blanchard in this match. Mm-hmm. Somebody who we saw last year's Mae Young Classic. She put on a storm out of a match in the first round against the now, spoiler alert if you've not seen it, NXT Women's Champion Kairi Sane. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are surprised she's not in WWE. I think that I'm right in saying she turned down the contract. Mm-hmm. She's also killing it. TNA, do you think she's the favourite for this? Because of how she's done recently? No. My money being Mad- Madison Rain. You love the experience? I, exactly, the experience. Um, no, I, I like her style as well. And she's one of these like, girls as well, it's really good as a heel on a face. Mm. She's really good at that as well. I like her whole personality, everything about her. And plus, you know, she's. No, I'm not going to say that because I'm very objectifying women. I can't do that. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah, no, for me, that's that would be my pick. But. Blanchard would be second for me. She'd be second choice. Yeah, Blanchard's uh, she's she's just got a presence about her. Mm-hmm. It's not just because obviously she's a legacy wrestler, obviously we have a father and one of the biggest names in the eighties, nineties. Uh, Four horsemen. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tully Blanchard, absolutely. Call it one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time. Yeah. I think it's safe to say with double A. But uh, the one who we've not really mentioned in great depth is uh, Britt Baker. Uh, what's her thoughts on her? Any of the guys? Seems like got taken out by Adam Cole or, or Ricochet during Brooklyn because I think Cole threw Ricochet towards the barricade and his legs nearly kicked Bert Baker right in the face who was right in the front row. Mm. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I've not seen a great bit, great deal of Bert Baker in the ring. Uh, Grant, are you more familiar with him? I've seen a few bits and bobs just checking on YouTube to get ready for some of these events. Um, from what I've seen, solid worker. Mm-hmm. and really fun to watch. She's not my top choice in it, but I think she could be the dark horse based on my lack of knowledge there. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that she, she's one of the more vocal ones I've seen on the US independent scene of not just being a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a dental nurse as well, which is absolutely which is something else. She's, a, she's, qual, she's qualified now. You see Adam Cole posting about it regularly. It's, also, it's quite prominent on her Twitter, fo- uh, Twitter cover photo as well, of her, or even her Twitter main profile for one or two of her. Uh, day job. Uh, Quacky, what's your thoughts on this match? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be honest. This is one of the matches I haven't, I've like, I've not heard too much about. Uh, it was kind of a shame, like I, when I was at Honor United, and uh, none of them were appe- uh, appeared. Quite a few pullouts were there, so uh, like my experience with Fallen has been with the live shows. I've, I've been to a couple Honor United. Um, for this one, I'm probably going to go on it by the name, and it's because of our loved um, Jamie. I'm going for the rain on this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pick. 
it's a, it's a, it's, to be fair, it's a solid pick because mm-hmm. she has a, she has actually really good in the ring. She is mm-hmm. so good. I think she had the point when she first came into the beautiful people. She was kind of in the shadow of Velvet Sky mm-hmm. and Angina Love, but then she eventually started to become the more prominent figure in that one mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and helped to lead the or Eric daughter to some good to have decent matches. <laughs> so better play to her. <laughs> yeah, she was a really good heel in DNA and good your code but like they said like it was so hard for them to narrow it down to just these four women because with the level of women's wrestling in the last few years has gone up so much is mm. why they're allowed to be able to have tournaments like the May Young Classic nowadays. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting to see the women's wrestling is obviously on the rise worldwide. Uh, I know WWE are very prominent and going on about evolution and that type of stuff, but it is right that they're kind of giving it the showcase it deserves because the women's the women's roster worldwide is great. I mean, I know I've got shit about her for the last two weeks because but Becky don't Lynch is like on that. absolute fire. Yep. Don't say like that. It's nothing wrong with Gush. Take, <laughs> listeners, take a drink every time Stephen mentions Becky Lynch. I've only mentioned, I, I mentioned her genuinely on this subject because she is absolutely red hot in the last couple of weeks and it's been shown by the crowd reactions. But enough of the, the WWE uh, female wrestlers. I'm going to get a prediction from them in this match. Uh, Quacker, you've got them in Madison Rain. Rain. Scott. Oh, the purple rain, Jamie Mason. <laughs> uh, Tessa Blanchard, because she's just excellent. I'm going for rain. You're going for rain? Tessa Blanchard for me. I'm going to go Chelsea Bean. I'm going to throw a spanner in there. <laughs> she is really good. Uh, you, you, you need to watch her more. She is, mm-hmm. She's better than Zach Ryder. <laughs> It'd be hard. <laughs> oh, man. That's what what's it is. I'm giving him grief. He's actually all right, but she is really good. So yeah, that's been that was the women's match. Let's move on to one of the matches. It's uh, highly. It's a lot of people say it's what it's a main event just because the names are it. We've got a six-man tag team match. It's the team of Kota Ibushi and the Young Bucks, three of the four members of the Golden Elite, taking on Bandido. Who I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I've never heard of. Uh, Phoenix, who's the brother of Pentagon, and Ray Mysterio. <laughs> Phoenix. They've missed the opportunity of not naming them Hexagon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Phoenix, not Phoenix. Phoenix? Why does it spell like that? I don't know. Well, sorry, sorry for me and my logic. <laughs> Pentagon's brother. <laughs> and the Ray Mysterio. Is that right? That was actually, you actually had the, um, the Spanish uh, Latino accent. You said Mysterio yeah. instead of Mysterio. I like that. Let's, let's get on him straight away for anybody who listens to us. We've got a big WWE fan base of listeners here, how big is it having a guy like Rey Mysterio on this card? Does it help solidify the card in a way? Or is it kind of like we had with Punk? Did did they really need him? I think absolutely. Considering WWE have used him twice this year so far. Yeah. Uh, The Royal Rumble and then the Greatest Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. Oh, So it shows obviously WWE still value the guy. They obviously can't talk him into coming back. And he's a former WWE champion. He's achieved everything everywhere he's went. So to have a guy of that calibre competing shows that this is the real deal. Yeah, I mean, in his recent appearances with WWE as well, I've not really seen... I've always been in the recent New Japan matches, but I've not really seen much of him that one. He looks in phenomenal shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. I mean, Grant, what's his matches been like recently in New Japan? Rey Mysterio's matches have been, to me, interesting, but I've got a very unpopular opinion. I am not a Rey Mysterio fan. He's kind of like Marmix. There's a lot of people who don't like him. I've, I've got a good, I've got a pal, my good brother Andrew, and me and him are just never sold on Mysterio. I, t- I love, the, I love his talent, but just something about him never clicks for me. Mm-hmm. I never get that chemistry. I'm more interested in Bandido from that tag team. Bandido is the one guy we we talked. Some of us talked about before the show. We're not as familiar with his work. Uh, what's his kind of style? He's very um, much 
old school mechs can literally be high flying. Um, for anyone not familiar, uh, Progress just done a tour in America. Yeah. The shows are due to go up on demand tomorrow, and they apparently had some insane matches. And in fact, they actually Bandido and a guy called Fumita won the tag title match. So when I when Wembley rolls round for the Thunder Bastard series, Bandido is going to get a big show in front of a lot of people. He's going to get a huge amount of exposure, and I know Jim Smallman because of his book History of Wrestling. Mm. He's huge on the Lucha Libre and masks, so this is going to be interesting. It's interesting, and then talking about that one side to Grant, like who you know, we've interviewed a lot of wrestlers already. It's interesting because more people say that they have been influenced by Rey Mysterio than they have been influenced by Steel Cold Steve Austin, which is quite interesting to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, and talking about that progress Wembley card, it's, it's starting to take great shape as well. I mean, I'm at that as well. <laughs> we could see Tyler Bate versus Walter. Ooh. Oh, he's gonna die. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. Then on the note of progress, just briefly as well, Will Osprey and Jimmy Havoc's match this week. 43 minutes and a lot of blood. Yes, I think that, that is the best way of summing it up. Uh, I've seen some clips of it, it looks absolutely amazing. On that progress card, I'm looking forward to Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews. Oh, that's going to be insane. It's a grudge match. It's one of the best examples of storytelling and wrestling right now. Table, tables, ladders, and chairs, for the as well. But I'm digressing a wee bit here. Um, Scott, we've got the Golden Elite in this match yes. as well. Um, Kota Abushi. Mm-hmm. A lot of people haven't really seen Kota Abushi, WWE wise, from his spell in the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. But in the last year, he's probably produced some of his best matches. We talk about the tag match between with him and Omega versus uh, the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Are you quite excited to actually see him teaming with the Young Bucks? Oh yes, because uh, I actually thought Abushi was going to win the G1, and he did come close. He did get the finals, but I think it's a shame he didn't get to win it. But we look at the names in it. We talked about Flippy shit earlier. This is <laughs> the best example of that on this card because. Got a lot of guys who are rare high the high flying and again I know it's kinda of overused but the whole the dream match aspect of it is huge and Mysterio when you talk about being the name of that it's a good name to have on your car. I just I'm not sure how much though of the tickets were really sold on the name Ray Mysterio. I think because I think enough anticipation was built before his name was announced well, that it was going to sell out anyway. Yeah, it was, it was sold out by the point he'd been announced. He was announced, because this was one of the later ones announced. It was only announced on July the 30th that this match was going to take place, but it's kind of the good bit. It's, it's obviously the kind of, you've got that kind of Lucha Libre style. I mean, as much, granted, as you say, you're not sold on Rey Mysterio. He is kind of one, the most well-known face. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, that, he's, the most, he's the most famous one in there, and him, he likes jumping off stuff. And the Boucher, well, let's face it, he jumps off things enough times he got banned for the Budokan. That was a belter. I think about him as well, I mean, even though he was very prominently featured in the Cruiserweight Classic Island, we didn't really get to see too much of him, maybe mm-hmm. other than some of the, his match with Cedric Alexander was one of the best matches in 2016. Yeah, matches. match. So we didn't really get to see, well, we didn't really get to see him in long matches until recently, more recently in New Japan, he's kind of featured prominently. He's prominently. Is he a standout to you in this match, or is any of these other guys in here? Uh, no for me. I'll, the Young Bucks the stand out for me. See, a lot of people love the Young Bucks. Yeah, bro. A lot of people say they maybe overdo the so-called flippy shit too much, but you can't deny the talent of the yeah. two guys. I mean, I've openly spoken you know, off-air and the chats and we were out watching stuff. I am not a fan of tag team wrestling, because it's, especially in WWE, it's the same stuff, it never changes the same script, and it's predictable. Young Bucks do not follow that category at all. They just go with the flow and they, they change it and they mix it up and that's kind of why I'd be interested in watching. I see normally if it was WWE I'd probably fast forward it 
because I, I really detest it. And ICW is getting better the tag team wrestling, for example. So I can actually sit there and watch it. But in general, I just tag, I just fast forward them. I just can't be bored. But this actually makes me want to watch it because the young bucks are in it, and you know they can change a game up like that. You know, and the fact that Mysterio was there, so they've got the experience factor with him, the star factor as well. It does make it an interesting and intriguing match. Mm. What about Phoenix? We have not talked about him. We obviously talked about his brother earlier on. Um, he recently won the AAA Championship. I'm sure. I'm sure I've seen that one. He's won that much. Correct me if I'm wrong. I accidentally took out a woman in the front row when he went for a dive. <laughs> see, see the videos of Bodgemania put up of that match, that Triple A show. Oh, they're absolutely hilarious. <laughs> you gotta watch it. Vampiro asking for his music to come on. Is that the same thing when he farted and you could hear it in the microphone? Oh, yes. I've heard about extra beans in that one. I'm talking about Mandino. I think it's the same that we're kind of not doing him a service probably because most of us don't know him. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of the ones where you don't know somebody going in, but you'll know who they are coming out of it. Because, like, Amber came out, I didn't know Tyler Bate going in the UK tour, and I came out a fan of Tyler Bate. And uh, I've seen Phoenix as well, and both in Lucha Underground and in Impact, and he's really good there. Lucha Underground, eh, spoilers, he got killed off. <laughs> That's what they do on Lucha Underground, they kill people off. Well, you're like a soap opera, it's, it's the way it's kind of shot. Like well. a casket do, match. Should they have duff duffs at the end of it? No. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like casket matches in Lucha Underground, you're putting the casket, that literally means you are dead now. That's unless you're brought back, in which they find convoluted ways to bring you back. And the Undertaker allows us. <laughs> can I just say, can we please go back to bringing fun into wrestling? <laughs> Killing the people off. <laughs> Phoenix has got that terrifying finisher, the spinning muscle buster into a driver. It is horrifically terrifying looking. Uh, I won't lie, I don't know much about Phoenix, so I need to look at it. But two weeks ago in Impact, check it out. <laughs> yeah, there's, also, there's also the triple threat match between him, Aries, and Pentagon, Pentagon, yeah. Yeah. Pentagon won the belt. It's a great match, no spoiler. Also, <laughs> we talk about, well, thank you. <laughs> spoiler, we, talk, we, talk about, we see people when they're doing this where they try and walk the ropes. I think Phoenix does that better than anyone I've, I've seen. Great, better than Grand Metallic. Yeah, because it just looks effortless when Phoenix does it. Quacker, you want to put the fun back into the wrestling chat. What's, what's your thoughts on this match? Um, a lot of good names in there. A lot of people that know can carry a match individually. And they're putting all six of them in together. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be good, and I know, I actually think, if it's done right, this could be one of those belts or six star plus, whatever you want to call it, um, but again, that's up to your own opinion, don't go by reporters' own thoughts, but yeah, it should be a good one, and um, obviously seeing Mysterio in there with the box and everything, it'll be interesting to see that kind of dynamic. Yes, yeah, maybe something we may not see. May obviously, Raven Steeders come towards the end of his career. We may never see it again, so we've got to take it while it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to push for some predictions there on this one. Scott, who's going to win this match? Uh, the Golden Elite. Alan? Where you Golden Elite? Yeah, Golden Elite. So you're going to go with Steeders? Yeah, but I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to say the Elite, the, the Elite. <laughs> I think it's hard not to, because they're, the obvious, they're the, obviously Raven Steeders. Potentially going to WWE soon, obviously there is still talk at the Young Bucks and that going to, but Rey Mysterio's departure is imminent, so it'll only be fit that he puts over the, the Golden Elite. And they've, they've just started this uh, running the face, the face run now, I think, it's fair to say. It's hard to tell in New Japan sometimes. Well, they've technically <laughs> been faces for a while, they just... 
Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to tell, but yeah, that match should be an absolute stormer. Uh, we're going to now talk about the match which has been built as the main event. It was the match, the only match we had announced before the tickets went on sale. Uh, it was announced by Billy Corbin, you know, not the singer, Smashing Pumpkin Shades. Uh, NWA president to announce that Nick Aldis, or whoever was the NWA world champion, was going to defend against Cody. Uh, and Nick Aldis has, or is better known to some, as Magnus has retained the belt ever since then and we've now got this match Cody, Cody versus Nick Aldis uh, Grant, I'm going to start with you um, How much would this mean to Cody to win this belt? The history The NWA belt which was so synonymous with his dad That's the history, it's part of his family's lifeblood and the fact that the NWA back in the 50s when it started was the prime of the territories mm -hmm. That title used to have so much prestige back in the day mm -hmm. uh, I didn't used to know as much as I did, but lately Jim Smallman had a book, History of Wrestling, and he covers really in-depth in the territories and WWE rising, mm -hmm. NWA rising. Hearing about what, what that belt would mean to Cody, I think that is the fairy tale for him. Yeah, because if, if you look up history of NW, the NWA, there's some names are synonymous with that when you've got the likes of Ric Flair. Yeah. Even sting towards the end of it before we really before the WCW thinking about it. <coughs> Dusty Rhodes is obviously one of the guys the dream. Yeah, he's got he's the man. Because just again, WWE fans viewers didn't really get to see the best of Dusty in the ring because he came there and he had that the polka dot wearing the polka dots. You know, wasn't the same. But in NWA, he was the man. Oh yeah, he was phenomenal. But for Cody to win this belt and the event that he's built from the ground, literally from the ground up, would be an absolute great one. Uh, Alan, what do you think of his opponent? The former Magnus? Yeah, so I've been following you know, Aldis pretty much since the get-go, um, when he was in Gladiators. Oh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 big, the big O. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's well, really, awesome. really improved. No, yeah, he's called Oblivion. Alright. Yeah, he, he was a healing... Gladiators. He, you remember Wolf, the original Gladiators? Yeah. He was meant to be the new Wolf. Yeah. Ah. So, uh, yeah, so he's really upped his game, but going from the British invasion, then eventually, obviously, TNA then becoming part of the main event mafia. You know, he really upped his game. Um, his te technical ability improved, his mic skills improved, his promos got better, and he started to become the full package. And then he sort of dipped a wee bit after, you know, he married Mickey James and the baby came along and he started to rebuild himself again and I think he's brilliant and I think he deserves this this chance. I mean, when he got me event shots at TNA, it wasn't the big shows, it wasn't the main things he was getting it for. And now he, this, yeah, he absolutely deserves it. you got to forget, you got to remember though, maybe it's, it's kind of lost him in it, he's the first British world heavyweight champion. I think in in the U in the US, I think it was his his run as TNA champion preluded Drew went becoming the world champ in mm -hmm. ICW. Can correct me if I'm wrong, but he was the first world champion, British world champion in America. But Scott, his run at the top of TNA kind of coincided with a point where TNA were struggling. I think it's fair to say they weren't at the high that they were. Yeah. So people may question his ability to ha to have the match to kind of to kind of run with it. Is this his chance to again show the world? Yeah. What he's capable of. Yeah, I think so, and I think I don't think there would be much argument to this being the main event. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been following Nick on the I don't know if he's been watching the Ten Pounds of Gold YouTube series, following the progress of the, them attempts to rebuild the NWA title. 
And you look at Nick on that, you can see how much this means to him. He looks like a champion now. He, well, he's built like a champion. He walks like one. He talks like one. And he's he so backy, uh, yeah. And he, he looks like the kind of guy that Vincent Mann would love to have at the top of his card. And he could be the WWE champion yeah. look at, when you look at him. But Yet he spoke openly of the fact that he's never been given the chance mm-hmm. with WWE, which is, which is interesting considering the fact that I know you, you, you don't use your wife to get into things, but mm. he is married to Nicky James, wasn't yeah. he? He's the best he, in the ever. Apparently he openly talks about, when he does interviews, he tries to get people to not ask him about Mickey. And well, you, do, you, you don't want, it's a kind of thing, when we talked about the women's match, these women don't want to be known for the people mm-hmm. that they're going out with. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the one of the things a lot of people don't like about the World of Sports series, uh, WOS Wrestling, as good as it's been, they don't like the fact that they're open, they, they keep talking about the fact that Kaylee's with Stevie. They mm-hmm. talk about the B is with Osprey. They don't like that that's emphasized. Yeah. So I think all this kind of stuff, he knows that he married Mickey at the point after Mickey left WWE, if they knew how good she was. So I think it's fair to say that he doesn't want that. But this is the perfect opportunity mm-hmm. just to show it. Plus, also, we were talking earlier about you know, partners being overshadowed by partners in the industry. Mm-hmm. He isn't. Mm-hmm. He's, I'd say he's at a level par with her at the moment. You know, he's, some people forget that he is married and she's married to him and vice versa, but you don't think of him as being overshadowed by her. Mm. Well, for me anyway, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I don't think of him as overshadowed. And on Tempe Dougal, they've been telling a really good story this match where all this, like, because he, he said about her, he wasn't consulted about this because it was kind of Corgan and Cody that made the match. He's like, and he for a while was refusing to do the match, and they said, all right, Cody, if you can win the Ring of Honor title, I'll give you a match. But then Cody failed to do that. So now Cody's putting up his his Ring of Honor ring that he has yeah, and he, he's now putting that on because to him it means everything to be the champion mm. I think it's quite good Grant that they kind of switched it because around about the time the match was booked Cody was a, he was playing a heel yeah. in all the organisations now it's kind of flipped to him playing the, I think it kind of fits perfectly that you can't really see him it's not really fitting for being a heel with the kind of story that we talked yeah. about just a minute ago that's it we're at that point where we get one of those very very few circumstances where I'm interested in what is potentially a face vs face match mm-hmm. because I don't see all this in this as much of a heel either mm-hmm. what could have been the foil was the fact that we almost had Gordon getting himself in there when he had his shot to take the belt off all this that was interesting that was interesting yeah. we'll talk about flip before the end of the show no doubt <laughs> I mean, it's definitely it's because they always say the hardest thing in wrestling is to book face v face or heel v heel because you're not invested for one over the other. Mm. It just comes down to your personal preference. But this one, the history, mm. the dynamic behind it, the, the whole backstory. If Cody comes up and just falls short, just really falls short, it's almost heartbreaking for him, mm. and it could make even more great storytelling going forward. As as much as they good to work, they've been doing with all this as champion. And now, like people online seeing these this YouTube series, I think we're all in. There's even more people that can more eyes on this title. And I think if Cody were to win it, then with by association with him being with Bullet Club and all that, and how many people know them, I think if he was traveling the world with the championship, it would make it would bring the belt up even more because it has been been devalued over years. Like TNA had it for a while, and Abyss yeah. won it by DQ. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Was that the NWA World Title at that point? Yeah, yeah, because my TNA had it. They had it, but I thought it might be. I wasn't sure if it became a TNA championship. No, no, because then they stopped using it. They uh, stopped using it in 2007 and then brought in the TNA World Championship. And they first recognised TNA World Champion as Kurt Angle. Right. I see. I remember remember it being there because Jeff Jarrett held the title multiple times. When he was, when he was, I think he was a six time NWA World Champion just in the space of three years. Uh, Quacky, what's your thoughts? On this one, again, it's it's hard to quite 
if, see of all the matches that they've announced, I think this one is the one that has had like the probably the biggest build to it. Because uh, let's be honest, it's the whole card because it's not like following a pattern of like a weekly show or whatever. Some of the matches are kind of like dream matches. They're they kind of stuck them together, but you know they're going to be great matches. But this is the one that's got a kind of story, and they've cut promos together on it and stuff like that. So, see in terms of storyline, this is probably one I'm looking forward most to looking at. Yeah, some of them have got some kind of form of storyline, but this is the one that's had the most prominent over oh, the yeah, space absolutely. spell of time. And I think it's it's good that we've actually got something like. Again, a big championship definitely on the line. It's, it's going to main event a big show. I think yeah. it should be fitting that we'll get some sort of coronation. The big question is, who's going to be the one who's going to get this big coronation? Will it be Cody or will it be Almas? Aldous. Almas. Almas. <laughs> oh my God, that's free. You've been, <laughs> you've been practicing and practicing Almas so much at home that you're now saying it all the time. Right. Is it going to be Cody or is it going to be Magnus? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cody. Aldous. Cody. Quite good. You're split here, you can't just go. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the fence. because it's alphabetically first. I can't <laughs> see Cody wrestling for NWA for long periods of time. I don't see that's why I think they would Yeah, but I, I can see him at least winning the belt but here because you, there's just so much there. I mean, mind you, I, would, I don't think the NWA president would say no to it being defended mm-hmm. in Ring of Honor. No, I would not be good for it. If Cody now he appears on New Japan, if he took that belt and he defended it in the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom, oh, that would be incredible. That'd be interesting. An interesting note from the most we talk about the, uh, the heel versus heel, face versus face thing uh, from the recent Ring of Honor t- uh, show on the August the twenty fifth. Aldous was taunting Cody by using his father's catchphrase, "I have been to the mountaintop." Oh. <laughs> That could be quite heelish. Those are hard times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's got the great capabilities of being a great match, and I think it's one deservedly main events. Right, let's talk about some other bits on the card briefly. We've got around about 15 minutes left of the show, and I think it's good today I'm talking about bits. This. We'll talk first, talk quickly, talk about a match that we took off the main section of the show, but I hope you talk about it because Scott's wearing a, an arrow top. It needs to be represented. <laughs> Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. SCU. Uh, <laughs> SCU. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got an actor. Wrestling. <laughs> that goes well, usually. <laughs> no, but he, we saw from his summer some appearances, he's got a bit of political ability about him, but yeah. should he be in this card? Should this be somewhere else? Is anybody against Stephen Amell being on the card? Absolutely not. No. no he's, he's, proven that, he's proven that he can actually hang with when he went back to Ring of Honor and done a separate match outside of WWE. A lot of people kind of missed that, and yeah. he went through a table. I mean, I remember when he when he did the thing when Cody was Starless, where they set up the match up, where he ran in the ring to get to get the Starless. The way he just leaped over the top, it, you can see he's uh, athletically he's got it. Where he may not be the best wrestler because it's only technically his third match, he can hang better than most actors when they try and get in the ring. We talk about storylines leading up to a match. This one was building the <laughs> fact that uh, Stephen Amell was accused of killing Joey Ryan on being the elite. In a Japanese hotel room. That doesn't sound <laughs> off at all. Uh, it turns out that Christopher Daniels was framing Amel. And now Amel's out of prison, and that's how this match came about. It was almost no Arrow Season 7. <laughs> it, was, oh, it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, the, the promos they've actually done in the build-up on being the elite, the fact that Daniels cut one of the best promos of, all t- of, of his entire career, getting at Amel, 
And what pisses off Amel? That he's wearing a Marvel top. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> Christopher Daniels can still go. He's a, he is actually amazing. Now, I talked a couple of weeks ago in the SummerSlam preview how it would, what would make AJ Styles some more Joe better? Putting Christopher Daniels in. Why? He's still got that capability. Last year he won the Ring of Honor World title for, for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And it was such a match. Oh, it's amazing. He has got the capability. Amel's got that. He's got some. He's got something that can keep the match going. Who's going to win this one, Scott? Oh, firstly, if even if you don't like Mel on the show, if anybody, if you have a good match with someone, it's going to be Daniels because Daniels will surely take the leads on this, and he could really carry. Uh, Stephen, I don't like saying that word carry, because but uh, yeah, he could put on a good match with him. But I think I'm going with my heart rather than my head. I'm going with Stephen Amel. I'm going Amel as well because apparently. Season 7 is the last season of Arrow. They're wrapping it up and he's looking to go pro. Ooh. So, that's what things I've read. Don't know if it's true or not. Apparently, Cody. So, that's why I'm going to go a male because I think this is going to be the start of him turning pro. Interesting. I'm going to pay some homage to my prediction by saying those are the worst predictions I've ever heard. <laughs> Christopher Daniels is going to get it. Okay. Daniels, SCU. SCU. Interesting, interesting. Right, let's go on to the match. We've talked about in points. We've got the over budget battle royal. Best name ever. I have some words to say on this. Oh, we know you have words to say. <laughs> Billy Gunn is in this battle royal. <laughs> I'm an ace man. <laughs> I've been, and uh, the, my older brother has, oh the leader of Roscoe, has given me this prepared statement oh. to read. Oh, you are joking. Oh and it goes no. as follows Dear bastards. <laughs> Opening. I am appalled that you have not allowed me on the show to gush about our Lord and Saviour <laughs> Billy Gunn's appearance at, at, at All In and surely his soon to be win. This is the worst controversy since <laughs> Billy Gunn was buried by The Rock at SummerSlam 1999. He deserved I, that. And the, fact, and the fact that I am on the show, I hope the numbers for the show go further down than Bart Gunn at WrestleMania 15. Yours sincerely, better than you, Ross McLeod. He's that sounds like a Trump speech. Did a bit of fake news at the end of it? <laughs> I was behind Cody before he put this bastard in. I hope, uh, he, get, I hope he gets thrown out first. Okay, let's just go quickly on this one. Did we find somebody from the end? What the fuck just happened? <laughs> I'm trying to ignore that happened. Um, did we think some one of the announced people was going to win, or was are we going to get a surprise winner? I've got the list here as of twenty to nine this morning of eleven people that are entered. Mm-hmm. Any standouts? Um, no, there's a couple actually. Jordan Grace. Mm, yeah, um, she's a standout. She could really do some damage. She could. I think for me there's three: Moose, Colt Cabana, and Brian Cage. Brian Cage is a great show. Brian Cage is phenomenal. I'm still holding it for Neville to appear, but in the event that he doesn't, I think uh, Cabana, given his history with Ring of Honor, and or maybe Brian Cage as an up-and-coming star. Be good shouts. I think a potential one could be Brandon Cutler because of his history with the Bucks, um, family history of going back a long, long time. Could be him trying to make a big break there. Interesting. Does any of you think the winner will beat Jay Lethal? No. Or is Jay Lethal going to retain? Retain. Nah, I think Lethal will retain. Macho Man Jay Lethal. Quacker, do you see a surprise winner? Or are you going to... Uh, well, I see a surprise entrance in the form of Mr. Belzer. 
he'd, he'd be runner up. He'd go that far. He'd be like, oh god, he's going to win it. And he'd give himself six stars. <laughs> oh yeah, he would. Uh, my prediction. We'll move on to the next segment. The final. I know we've got a couple of matches we've missed off, but we've got one more segment I really like to talk about. My pick's going to be a surprise winner. It's got to happen. He's got to be booked for it. He's got to get on. Mm-hmm. Flip Gordon is winning this battle royal. I'd, I'd love. I'd love for him to come out like under a mask or something, <laughs> even though everybody clearly knows it's Flip. And then for him to take it off after he wins and have Cody's face raging that Flip managed to get it on the show. I mean, we talked about it in the build up to NWA. The, the, the big build up. One of the best things about this build-up has been Flip trying to get booked. Mm-hmm. Aye. It's been so good. He's so he's, he's got, got so a party concern. for it. He's got a, he's got his own party before it. Oh. Are you going to the party? Aye, the all-out pre-party. Ah yes. I've got. I, I seen that there was a thing where they're leading up to match on Tim Hill. They had like comedians who were fans of wrestling and wrestlers talking about it, and because of those, the rumours that Flip Gordon is a flat earther, somebody asked. What happens to that little globe on the front of the NW title? Does that become flat if Flip Gordon wins the title? <laughs> Flip Gordon's a flat earther. Well, supposedly, I've heard a contrarian thing on that. The only thing flat earthers have got to fear is fear itself. <laughs> <laughs> According to the flat earthers website, they have members all around the world. <laughs> all across the uh, world. That joke's already. No, it's actually said all around the world. Does it actually? It, all it does actually. All it's a bunch of morons. <laughs> <laughs> I know this isn't related, but did anyone ever see the video of the, the fly ever stopping Lee Griffiths? Uh, that was the thing, Lee Griffiths had no clue what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> he's like, I've just want to get him, I've just done training, I want to him. And he's like, you're a bit of Lee. And he's like, no. <laughs> Lee Griffiths, as an Celtic player, or the owner of IC. No, I didn't. The Celtic player, Sorry. and then the guy said after he spoke to him and leave him away. Hopefully, he'll speak to the rest of the boys, you know, and they'll all become fly earthers, lads, and know the real truth. And you're just like, oh dear god, that's what they're going to be talking yeah. about right before they play Rangers, isn't it? It's a fly earth, boys, right? So, don't worry about it, just keep it on the ground, don't worry about it. <laughs> back, to, back to Flip Gordon. Uh, does anybody else see him being involved in the show? Yeah, he'll come in as like La Luchadora or something <laughs> like that. Os Yes, but to interfere. Where is he going to interfere? Main event. Ooh. You see a heel turn? Heel turn for a flip? I think he's going to interfere. Or is he going to help Cody? No, nah, he's going to come full circle. I think he'll screw Cody. Heel turn? It's gone to a point where he can't not be involved somehow. Like, they could even have a, a segment during the show of outside him trying to sneak in like Bobby Heenan in the first episode of Raw. <laughs> 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 on the note of that moment, Sean Mooney's on commentary. <laughs> A fantasy booking right. for me would be like getting Flip to help Cody and finally getting the Bullet Club because he's been wanting it for so long. That's my fantasy. I'm a because he's besties with Brandy, isn't he? Aye, that's, that's right. it. Don't be. Uh, the broadcast team, Justin Roberts is a ring announcer, and I love. I hope he's doing one of the title matches because the way he over his championship when he was doing main event matches in WWE, just I think he's a very underrated as a ring announcer. <laughs> Yeah, he's a very good ring announcer. I'm just quite surprised when they let him go eventually WWE at that point. But I'm raging Simon Cassidy didn't get a shout at the ring announcing for all in. He'd be a belter. I remember <laughs> apparently he said on Coke Cabana's podcast to Justin about the way he did the over long like John Cena intro. Apparently Vince on his headset one day said, Stop trying to get yourself over, stop doing that. Yes, we don't do that on this podcast. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that in my head, but Ross then sent you a speech, so <laughs> I don't really. Just because David Campbell is the champ, you know. <laughs> David Campbell, we actually do miss you. What we, a man! We actually do. What a man! You you should betray Ross when you get back. <laughs> we'll, we'll make arrangements. Quite has already got this emotion. 
briefly before we, we finish talking about this. A couple other matches. Just I'll just quickly get predictions. Uh, we've got Joey Janela. Is that right? Joey Janela. Joey Janela versus Hangman Page. Who's winning this match? Hangman Page. 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 Janella. And it's got a stipulation today. It's a Chicago street fight, so telephone murders are legal. Yes. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Wrestling. Uh, SoCal Uncensored versus the Bristol Brothers. This has got to be the worst tag team match I've ever heard. <laughs> really? Wait, wait, what? It was a joke. It was a play on the... <laughs> SoCal is so a play on It was the worst joke I've ever heard. I know, I wanted to get it. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to be involved in maybe... <laughs> I'm going with the Briscoes. Briscoes. SCU. SCU. Oh, the Briscoes every day of the week. And the most underrated tag team in the world. Mm-hmm. I thought everyone was controversial Hello. these days. No. They're very I thought that was Kings of Catch. I know. Oh, yes. I everyone yeah. was so shocked I don't underrate them. I thought everyone was so shocked to hear that the Briscoes were homophobic. Have not seen where they come from? <sighs> they are very controversial, the Briscoes, <laughs> but they are a very good tag team. Uh, but yeah, there's so much potential for all in. I think it's going to be an absolute barn buster of a show. And it is available on Fight TV for all you uh, UK viewers uh, and US viewers as well for our overseas audience that we may have or may not have. And it is also going to be on New Japan World from the next day. Yep, and Honor Club members will get to stream it live, I do believe, but it's only VIP or what, which is a mega expensive mm-hmm. membership. And you've got to pay a full year in fr- up front for that. Right, you don't care, you're going anyway. That's it, I've got the best one, I've got my wee nosebleed seat, I'm still going to enjoy it. <laughs> Should we do it? Grant? You have a special hat with a webcam in it, just broadcasting for us all. Should we task Grant to try and get us a soundbite with something? Yes, I've Absolutely. already I've got them. several meet and greets booked and I'm going to try for a few of them to get sound bites if I can. Yeah. Right, who have you got in? Uh, meet and greets, I've got Joey Janela Penelope Ford. Um, I'm going controversial for the firing squad. Uh, Tamatonga Tangaloa Haku. Um, Rosemary and Ali. I'm going to smoke cigars on Sunday with Cody Rhodes and Frankie Kazarian. Nice. Um, and there's one that I'm forgetting. It's going to do You've my got a commentary, Frank, don't you? Uh, yep, doing uh, calling a Young Bucks match with Ian Riccoboni from Ring of Honor. And I've also got Trent and Chucky T, best friends. Yes. Can I just say, imagine having a soundbite of the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion. You say, can you imagine that? It would be, it would be great. It's ambitious, but it would be great. Grant, I believe the task is there. I've got a task. I'll it's give it a bash. Sleep, suplex, read. If you don't do it, you're all back. Yeah. <laughs> no and. It's not eat, sleep, suplex, and read. Oh, I don't care. I can take the and. It's just annoying. It's annoying, but I can take her. Oh, yeah. oh, they could refer it to a meeting call. We don't care. Before, yeah, before today, you were just going to a wrestling show. Now you've been. Now you're on a quest now to get as many soundbites. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a shopping list. I've got sound bites to get. I've got a busy weekend ahead of me. You don't become a guest on here and don't get another job. You can't, <laughs> can't, you can't earn your seat. Mm-hmm. I brought sweets and everything. Uh, I, I'm earning my I keep... earn my spot by having to listen to his voice and then and there. <laughs> I pointed to I am I am I am the lesser of all the evils. Yeah, but it's still evil. Actually that's true, you're the presenter so far, you are the lesser for the evils. <laughs> I want Sarah back. Harsh. Sorry Stevie, I'll be your back. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, that has been our all in show. So if you have listened today for the first time and you've liked what you hear, we've got an extensive back catalogue full of interviews, analysis shows, previews, reviews, you name a type of show, we've done it. We even talked about free MB. Just to annoy Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no jokes, that was actually quite a good show. It was it's doing well in numbers listening to it. It's actually quite good. So that's available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all Android's uh, podcasting sites, and Spotify. Yes, we are on the world's biggest streaming platform. 
Spotify. Who made that decision? No idea, but they also let some fine go- uh, some rambling podcast go on it as well. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from the McLeod brother. <laughs> please, please also follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We live tweet all the big events. You see us going to all the shows around the country. We just talk a lot of nonsense. It's amazing. Twitter is a great platform. <laughs> But yeah, we're all got those ones, so please follow us on all those ones. Again, if you've enjoyed it, five stars, seven stars, break the star system, you'd be amazing. From- Shocked the system. Let's <laughs> know, are you a flat earther? <laughs> <laughs> I've been your host, Stephen Wilson, and I've been joined by the stooge, Scott McLeod. How dare you? <laughs> you read out a speech from your brother. That does. The most controversial man in Scottish wrestling. And Jackie Polo's about. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thank you, Scott. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Alan, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. My pleasure. And to our guest panellist and the man going to all in, lucky bastard, (laughs) Mike Robbie. Thanks, Grant, for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. It's been fun. Mm -hmm. To my EP, Quacky Wedgie. Good luck with this (laughs) editing. That's okay. It's all gravy. Next week, we are talking about Chicago's own Mr. Controversy, CM Punk. So that's going to be next week. Keep an eye on us as well. We may have some interviews coming up. The best place to find out if we are going to be doing any interviews is on social media. Every week, we give you an idea of what's coming up. So keep an eye out for that. But from the team at Eat Suplex Retweet, I've been Stephen Wilson. Good night.